Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 16, Episode 4, Cistern Wives. I'm amazed. <laughs> I am shocked and amazed. Baby, I'm amazed. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this level of sophistication when it comes to the puns. Yes, they've really stepped the game up here. Very impressive. Sister wives, cistern wives. Perfect. I also learned what a cistern was, so this is still the learning channel. When you need it to be, <laughs> they can do it. Hit us with that TLC description. Mary and Janelle talk through old wounds after the family spins off in four directions. Christine takes Isabel to have surgery in New Jersey. Janelle helps out while Evie gets foot surgery in North Carolina. Mary is in Utah. And Cody and Robin stay home. I like the burn at the end. It's good. It's a subtle dig. (laughs) Also, Mary is in Utah. They didn't bother to promote her business in the episode description. So I'm sorry, Mary, if you were hoping that was going to happen. 150th anniversary, whatever. 150, 185, however long she's been there. (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah, I don't think I got to hear this one before we recorded it. So this will be my initial reaction to the Carly episode rewrite. Janelle acts puzzled about why her ex-sister-in-law dislikes her. Cody nearly buries Saul on Christine's lot. Mary poses with another banana. Robin quarantines with her nanny. The banana. (laughs) I don't know how we can leave this alone. We can't not address it. She knew, right? She was trolling. You chose, of all things, banana bread. Uh, We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. (laughs) And I just threw the nanny thing in there because I'm going to be petty for the next two episodes until we get to the nanny conversation. I'm throwing that one in for my girl, Christine. Yeah, she better come... Shots fired on the uh, the episode after the next one. So it's going to be our slightly belated Christmas gift. <laughs> yes, I checked the TLC schedule to confirm. And the episode will air December 26th. So it will be our belated Christmas gift. The nanny face off. Other announcements. Cody and Robin were seen out in the wild this week. Many of you sent us the pictures. So thank you for your investigative journalism and supporting the pod. The nanny wasn't there, but she was probably at home watching the kids. Right. Otherwise, how did Cody and Robin leave the house without Sal and Ari? You can't do it. You can't take them to a mall. By the way, I thought it was suspect that they were at a mall. They were in a Victoria's Secret. (laughs) Digging through the bins. Charging up another credit card, I can only assume. Was this staged? It seemed staged for me personally, because I don't know if it just was a strange, odd coincidence that somebody was sharing some of their old promo photos that they shot candidly at a mall walking around a long time ago. Right. These are from when Robin first joined the family. So very old throwback pics. Like 2010. And then they just showed up at another mall again. And it's like two hours away from where they live. Two hours away from where they live. They were not socially distancing. They were not wearing masks. They have moved on from the pandemic, it seems. And Robin... Looks like you checked your neck. It was looking rather slim in the photo, so. Okay. Congratulations. I hope that she has gotten the medical attention that she needs. 
Maybe it's just the lighting in the Victoria's Secret. That's why she likes shopping there. That's possible. Everything she puts on looks great. All right. It's very flattering, Cody. The flattering light. One last reminder before we get into the episode here. If you're looking for old episodes that we've covered, we refer to them as the rewatch episodes. You're going to find seasons one, two, three, and four of Sister Wives recapped in their entirety over on our Patreon. Not to be confused with the new hit show on TLC, Cistern Wives, which we're going to recap right now. <laughs> so don't mix those up. So head on over to patreon.com slash surviving pod for those plus more. Lots of other bonuses over there too. Bonus episodes, special treats. I believe we're going to be recapping My Five Wives, an episode of that for the Let's Talk About It episode. And we're due for a, uh, we hit over 500 patrons for over a month, so now we're due for a Corey Strikes Back episode. <laughs> I have to say that on an episode, otherwise Carly's just going to keep delaying it and pushing it off further and further into 2022, maybe beyond. <laughs> this is the thing. I make you watch shitty TV, but you want to make me watch really long movies. Really long movies? <laughs> Y'all, I could watch an entire season of 90 Day Fiance in a day. But make me watch a two and a half hour movie and I feel like I'm going to die. I'll tell you, the first one is probably 93 minutes at most. (laughs) Okay, well, that's better. We'll see how I do. We'll start with comedies since those are going to be like an hour and a half, hour and 20 max. (laughs) Right. Did we explain what Corey Strikes Back is? I don't think so. People (laughs) just kept signing up for the Patreon and it was like, okay, cool. (laughs) All right. Corey Strikes Back is going to be an episode on Patreon, where Corey chooses a TV show, a movie, something of his choice to force me to watch in retribution for all of these terrible TV shows that I have hooked him on over the years. I think I know what I'm going to have the first one be, but I don't want to commit to it. Yeah, don't say it. We have to have some allure, some mystery (laughs) that's still built around it here. But thank you to everybody who signed up for the Patreon and is part of this celebration. You get this reward. You've earned it just as much as I have. Let's share in the joy together. Well, let's get into it then. Get the pony in the water. The kids have been out of school for five months, according to Cody. You think he means all the kids or just Robin's kids? Enough of the kids have made it this long, late into the summer, and they've had an extended summer vacation. Yeah, because quarantine took the end of the last school year. And they're supposed to be quarantining now, as they should have been the entire time. But three of Cody's bitch-ass wives are traveling all at the same time. They're doing stupid things, like traveling for surgery. And traveling for another surgery. And trying to keep their business running and making money. Some shit like that. (laughs) Why do that when you could be at Robin's house? The other wives don't make it as easy to quarantine. Robin's like, I've been prepping for this. (laughs) We can take full advantage. Well, today is the day. Christine and the girls are going to be leaving for New Jersey so that Isabel can get her surgery. And they give us a little walk down memory lane of everything that has occurred up to this point with Isabel's scoliosis. They have tried every non-surgical option available over the years. But despite it all, her curve has continued to move. So it went from 26 degrees to over 50 degrees. And now it's undeniable that it is time for surgery. Well, Isabel has been in pain, awful pain, for the last nine months. So even just getting this scheduled, the 
waiting period for that was enough of a struggle. But the struggle's been real since Isabel was 13 at this point. It's been a long time coming. It has. This is when we get one of the only comments we get from Robin the whole episode. Thank goodness. But it's a good one. Get ready. She tells us on the couch that she wouldn't want to quarantine from Cody for that long. But she would do it if she had to. Eight weeks is a long time. It's a long time to be separate from Cody, but Robin could do it if she had to. Even though Isabel needed you to, and you didn't. So It's just not good enough of a reason. She's a dirty, rotten liar. (laughs) And Cody can't come on the vacation either. (laughs) The surgery vacay. Because that would make him a hypocrite when he's been asking, begging the family to follow all of his strict COVID rules that he has laid out. He's such an asshole. (laughs) You know what makes you a hypocrite? Wandering through the Victoria's Secret in the mall two hours from your house, not wearing a mask or socially distancing. Well, he already had COVID, so it's over. He's good, right? It's done. (laughs) And let's be honest. This has nothing to do with COVID. He is just trying to punish Christine, but he's actually just punishing Isabel, and I don't know if he fully realizes that yet. I don't think he has the ability to realize that he hurts his children in that way. When he's that mad at a wife, he compartmentalizes it. Yeah, because then it's Christine's fault that you are upset that I can't be around. Right. It's also Christine's fault that he didn't know that Isabel was in so much pain. That was her fault, too. In case you guys need to catch up on all the things Christine has been blamed for so far this season. Do you think that Robin told Cody that he could go and then he was like, no, 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 it's too risky because he doesn't want to spend eight weeks with Christine? Absolutely not. (laughs) Okay. Robin would have been the fourth wife who threatened to leave him if Cody said, I think I should probably go for this surgery. (laughs) There's no way Cody was volunteering for this because his relationship with Christine was in the pooper at this point. Oh, yes, And he's not going to go spend eight weeks with her. On a tropical vacation? That's not even enough to get him to go. In tropical New Jersey. (laughs) Poor Isabel. She is stressed out already. They haven't even left. She had classes this morning, so I guess Cody doesn't realize she's back in school. And she's talking again about how she understands why Cody's not coming, but it's still really hard. And basically it sucks. And she's trying to make excuses for him, even though he's being a shitty dad. Then over in North Carolina, while Christine is in New Jersey with Isabel for surgery, Janelle is in North Carolina with Maddie to help with Evie's foot surgery, not actually on the operating (laughs) table or anything like that, but to help out, you know, take care of the house, watch the kids, maybe cook some meals, then kiss. So we have to get caught up here again. For anyone who doesn't know, baby Evie has fat co syndrome, which means she is missing some bones in one of her legs and one of her legs, it's much shorter than the other. Yeah, it's not as fun of a syndrome as it sounds. Oh boy, I wish it meant that you could eat anything you wanted. Fat co. (laughs) It's another fat co baby. Basically, they were faced with two options here. Either they needed to amputate part of Evie's foot so that she would be able to have a prosthetic, or the doctors could have tried lengthening the bone in her leg, but that would mean that she would have to have a series of surgeries rather than just one. And there was no promise at the end that it would actually work and she'd be able to to walk on that leg. Right. So this is where there's a lot of backlash that Maddie and Caleb faced on social media at the time. Yeah, y'all, that's mean. Accusing parents of making decisions, of amputating, having their child have a limb amputated or preparing for prosthetic instead of trying to lengthen a bone. There's pros and cons. 
facing that decision on both ways. And it's up to the parents to decide. Obviously, having an infant go to do surgery every eight months for an extended period of the beginning of their life, that's a little traumatic probably in their, its own way, especially when there's no guarantee that it would work. Well, I think that's what people found horrifying about this was that she was going to have surgery. She's going to have something amputated. And it's like, it's just as horrifying to think about putting a baby under anesthesia multiple times for a surgery where I'm assuming what they do is break the bone and then continue to let it heal, break the bone again. I mean, I don't know. I don't I'm not know. A, I'm not a doctor or anything. No. But it sounds like that would suck too. Basically, they had two sucky choices and they had to make one. So give them a little bit of empathy here. So with this setup here, the prosthetic, it's all Evie's going to know. She's going to be able to walk and run and interact. That's going to be normal for her. So why is that so bad by comparison? It's not up to you if you're not the parent. That's basically what it comes down to. So shut up. (laughs) Just saying. It's also very ableist of you. Right. To say that Evie cannot be a functional member of society unless she has two legs that are the same length. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Cut to Mary, who is at her B&B, which is named Lizzie's Heritage Inn, since they didn't include that. In the episode description. Mary mentions it. Uh, I Yeah, well, Mary, I'm looking to collect my ad revenue. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mary is trying to switch her camera to front facing, but she's had a few marks. So she's having a hard time here. Not working. Now, now we know why she pays Audrey to run her social media stuff. <laughs> For somebody who has to do so many LuLaRoe live sales, how can she function if she doesn't know how to use her phone? She's too focused on filming slates for the editing team. That's that little postcard, that little (laughs) post-it note that was up there. (laughs) Yeah, they left that in. That was funny. That was good. (laughs) Mary has been trying to quarantine by herself in Flagstaff, which, by the way, if you didn't catch the end of the episode for the preview for next week, get ready. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Because we're going to see more of that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's wandering through those woods like Lydia Plath going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But basically, quarantining has gotten her nowhere. That's what she's realized out of all this. Cody doesn't come over any more often than he did before. Yeah, it's been a weird white boy summer for her. (laughs) Shout out to Kara. For starting the white boys. (laughs) Yeah, thank you from everyone's business but mine podcast for white boy summer and kicking that off for us. But it's been a weird one for Mary. She sees and talks to Cody every once in a while. She just wishes it was more often. But it is what it is. So here she is today at the end because... Again, it's been 150 years since this house was built. It's the anniversary of the house, if you will. And Mosby's here. And Mosby's here. Did you see him give her a little kiss? It was very sweet. (laughs) At least she's getting something from someone. (laughs) (laughs) So they have a bunch of virtual events planned. It was supposed to be this big in-person thing, but, you know, COVID. So instead, she's here to do fun things along with Mariah and Audrey. And Audrey's down in the kitchen taking some pictures of some hot buns. (laughs) Doing the hard work. No, we're not. We're not talking about Mariah. (laughs) She's got a full display there on the kitchen table. I got some food. Food photography is what I'm talking about. We get a little update here on the wedding sitch. If you remember, a few seasons ago, we went and looked at some wedding venues. That was last season. That was felt a long time ago. (laughs) It was a long time ago. That was only last season. That was last season. Wow. Season 15. All right. Well, they have a year left until the wedding because it is August 29th, 2020, the day that they are filming this. Did the wedding happen? We don't know. We didn't see anything on social, but does that mean that they 
filmed it on TLC and they can't post anything online, maybe. Who knows? We'll have to stay tuned and find out. But regardless of what happened, this is their preversary. Maybe it's their preversary for another year. We'll find out. I'm sure. The show ain't going nowhere. Mary wants to talk about it. Mary wants to plan it, but she doesn't want to be pushy. And it's very clear that Mariah and Audrey have no idea what they're doing yet. So Mary doesn't want to push them on the issue at this point. <laughs> I'm a pusher, Audrey. She doesn't want to do that. So maybe she still hasn't brought it up. Hey, maybe we should plan this. It could very well be that situation still. She just wants to start planning so she has something to talk to Cody about. Reasons Ooh. to call and invite him over. What do you think about that? That was a hot take. That's a that's a new one. <laughs> Today, they are doing a bake-along on social media. And for some reason, Mary has picked banana bread. We're going with the brave choice, the bold choice. <laughs> Mary's going with banana bread because it's family famous. <laughs> well, she made it famous. Yeah, so some would argue it's world famous now, <laughs> I would say. Is this triggering for Mariah? I was concerned. Yeah, there's something unsettling about Mary picking up a banana so close to other family members in the kitchen and then speaking about the ripeness that she prefers, <laughs> color, length, girth, <laughs> things like that. Well, maybe probably just the color. Do you think they picked up on that too, the producers? Oh, I think she's leaning into this. <laughs> yeah, I think... <laughs> Actually, you know what? I know that she's been... Sitting on the sidelines when it comes to grandmother names, because that was always the whole debate. We had to reiterate all of that again with McKelty and Tony's baby announcement last episode. And Mary's been sitting on the sidelines. I think her grandmother name should be Nana. <laughs> Short for banana. And just completely own that shit. Go with it, Mary. Go with it. Be Nana. Be the Nana. <laughs> for anyone who's not tracking with all these banana jokes, <laughs> you haven't been on the internets very much. It's a Nancy Reagan thing. <laughs> Things that can't be unseen. It relates to the catfishing era. Mary sending seductive pictures to her catfish, deep-throating a banana. There you go. You don't need to look it up. The mental image is scarring enough. <laughs> and they're very accessible. Unfortunately, still. <laughs> Mary has to explain to us here, she's a very black and white, hot or cold, yes or no type of relationship person. So why is she still with Cody? That's what I thought. Since when? When? What do you mean? <laughs> Hot or cold? It's cold. It's freezing. She's been working on herself, though. She's been trying to have better conversations with people. And she has a number of relationships in her life that she wants to improve. But that takes honesty. Something this family isn't good at. And she's heard Janelle talking some shit lately. So she's going to go try and talk with her. And focus on the listening aspect. Make it a listening conversation. This bitch better explain why she's been talking behind my back. I want to hear some reasons. <laughs> I got to hear them. But before we get to the good stuff, back in North Carolina, it's been a few days since Evie has had surgery and they are celebrating her first birthday. So we get to watch her dig into some cake. We got Hunter there hiding a little bit out of frame. Just catching him there. Yeah, with the smash cake. Evie's going to town, digging that frosting. Everything went well with her surgery and she is getting her cast off soon. So we are really flying through that storyline. Yeah, because it was basically like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of nervous about it, but I'm trying not to think about it. And then cut to, yeah, everything went as planned. <laughs> I have to say, that's improvement. We introduced a story. We introduced a problem and resolved it in the same segment before <laughs> a commercial break even took place. <laughs> Let's give a round of applause. <laughs> Very impressive. 
Okay, it is the day that Mary and Janelle are going to be meeting up on Coyote Pass to talk. And Mary is bringing big Melania vibes with her. She's got her only kind of care shirt on for a conversation that hopefully is going to improve her relationship with Janelle. Fabulous. <laughs> this is where Mary wants to point out that she wants them both to go into this being open, kind, and honest. Setting the boundaries, setting the expectations. It's nice. The two of them have had a very difficult relationship over the years, and Mary feels like some of those issues are still lingering. But Mary picked up on the Olive Garden shakedown conversation from the beginning of season 15, right before COVID hit, when Janelle was basically challenging everyone in the family. What are we doing here? What do we want? And Mary saw that as an opportunity to talk. To talk or to confront Janelle about talking behind her back? Both. (laughs) It's both. She starts things off by telling Janelle that she has been hearing things about conversations where Janelle has been talking about a particular concern she has, which, surprise, is the pond. And look, Mary tries to take all of Cody's advice, and his advice is usually leave the past in the past. Work on now, focus on the future. Or don't. Or just ignore, you know, (laughs) in general. So again, she's trying to take Cody's advice here. But if she keeps hearing a conversation from the past that keeps coming up, maybe it needs to be addressed in other ways. So that's what she's here to talk about because she's heard that Janelle has been talking with Cody, Christine. She didn't mention Robin, but Robin was definitely in on that combo. No, you always leave out the person who told you the info. Oh, that's true. (laughs) She's been hearing Janelle wants to limit Mary's access to the pond. Well, she wants to make sure Mary doesn't own the property with the pond on it. Correct. Conversations get spilled into the pond. Do you think that, I mean, obviously, first thought is that Robin told her this information because Cody doesn't talk to her. Well, we had the flashback of the pizza party fight, pizza party property fight. Right. Where Robin circled back. Robin circled back after Mary had driven off. So then Mary didn't know. But Janelle raised that concern very directly to Cody. And Robin happened to be standing right there because she circled back. Right. And this is sometime in August or early September, which means... The episode or any of the episodes where the pond is discussed in season 15 haven't aired yet. So either the editors have shown her footage that's going to be part of season 15 or someone in the family told her about these conversations. Robin told her. (laughs) So Robin's just inserting herself in shit. As she does. Janelle's voicing major concern about the pond, mentioning Mary specifically due to all of the control that they had back at the house. Right. What if Janelle wants to be out there at 5 a.m. blasting Eminem going for a swim? She's worried that maybe that wouldn't be so cool with Mary if she has a house with the deck out there. Yeah. Mary was talking about building a deck. Fajita Cantina (laughs) 2.0. But don't tread on Janelle. You can't tell her the pond is only open from dusk till dawn or reverse dawn to dusk. (laughs) When the lifeguard's on duty. Yeah. There is no lifeguard. Swim at your own risk. <laughs> Swim at your own risk for a number of reasons. A lot of stuff. <laughs> but look, Janelle doesn't want to bring this stuff up. But remember, Mary, back at the house in Lehigh, we weren't allowed to pass through your corridor there to get over to Christine's house. So I used to have to pack up the kids. We'd have to go outside and trudge through the cold and the ice and the sleet and the snow uphill both ways. Those steps that almost killed her. I fell down those steps so many times. So many times. (laughs) 
But honestly, it's probably, it would have been more of a pain in the ass to take your kids somewhere where you didn't live for daycare, which is probably what you would have had to do in any other situation. So the fact that you had to walk 10 feet to another door, maybe let's limit what we're bitching about here. Not the biggest deal, is it? Not a huge deal. And let's be honest. Can we count how many times Logan probably walked those kids over there instead of Janelle? Let's get real. Right. She wasn't even making breakfast. Logan fed those kids, buttoned them up, got them out the door. She was already off at work. Yeah, she was off to work at 6 a.m. Also, if this was such a big deal, why didn't they just add a door downstairs to connect Janelle and Christine's part of the house? Well, I feel like that would solve too many things. (laughs) Is it just easier to complain? It is easier to complain. But, yeah, a door, that would probably cost you, what, 150 bucks? (laughs) That's a big investment. Just saying. Mary now tries to explain the reasons why she wanted it that way, because she's starting to feel a little attacked, right? Chanel's coming at her about how many times she slipped and fell on the ice and nearly broke her neck. So Mary's trying to just say, like, I have my reasons for why I've endangered you. Look, there's risk in everything, right? The risk here is that Mary worked full time. She had two jobs at some points while living at the house in Lehigh. Can you imagine how grueling that was? And we're not we're not talking LuLaRoe jobs, <laughs> not those cushy, easy jobs. We're talking hard labor here. It was hard working at the uh, the trophy engraver's office. Was that Lehigh? <laughs> was it? No, that was the other. I think that was. Uh, the, no, <laughs> no, Wyoming. Wyoming. Why for my why for Wyoming? Why? <laughs> Janelle's not interested in hearing the reasons why Mary did it, though. So she kind of cuts her off, which. The way that Janelle is interacting in this conversation, I felt escalated things. Well, because Janelle's like, okay, yeah, I get that it may have been a privacy thing. Because that's basically what Mary narrows it down to here. Is that if she wasn't at home, she didn't want people walking through her personal quarters, as it were. But in the sense of the pond, applying that type of decision making to this, the pond is very different because that's an outdoor space. That's not her home space, living space. It's different. So Janelle's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I hear it. You want to tell me it's the privacy thing? Okay, sure. But it always felt like more of a control thing, if we're being honest. (laughs) Y'all, this is why you have conversations. Control thing, though. That doesn't sound like Mary, though, does it? (laughs) She's starting to get a little insulted. A little bit. A control thing. Mary didn't want her living space to be a hallway. And I can agree on that. I can see where that would be an issue. Again, 90% of the problems in this family can be solved with scheduling. (laughs) If you had a house rotation for Cody, you wouldn't be complaining about whose night it is, how long he stayed at some other wife's house, because there's a schedule and time is shared. If there were certain times in the morning where Mary would allow people to pass through her house for accessibility and ease to get over to Christine's for the day, I'm sure that would work great. Right, why not just do that? You can go one time... In the morning and one time in the evening when you're returning home. And it can't be before 9 a.m. or 8 a.m., whatever time you put on it. Well, now now you're getting a little controlling, Corey. Here's the window. <laughs> well, Mary's main concern was that the kids would be walking in on her and Cody, and now that's not a concern anywhere, so you don't have to worry about that with the pond, Janelle. <laughs> you can let that go. She'll welcome. <laughs> She'll welcome any company she can receive. I hope. <laughs> Dear God, Mary hopes that somebody would be able to walk in on her and Cody. (laughs) Then Janelle really goes there. She fires things up at this point of the conversation. Yeah, Janelle digs deep. 
and recounts all the times when living in the one house where Mary would slam doors to let everyone know that she was mad. You know, maybe you do something similar. Like instead of slamming a door, though, you would say, no, you can't come to the pond. Mary doesn't like this personal jab from Janelle. Feels like it was hitting below the belt coming in under the radar there. But then she doesn't take much time to disagree with it because she immediately confirms, yeah, I remember slamming doors. (laughs) Yeah, I used to slam doors. Janelle then tells her where she's really going with this, which is we should just write up some legal contracts at this point because there are no guarantees in life. What if somebody dies? You know, I'm planning to murder Cody for the insurance money. And I'm thinking we should have a contract about the pond in case that happens. And also, what if somebody gets disgruntled and moves away? Because I think that's already happened. We really have to plan for that. (laughs) It's a major contingency. I've heard a rumor that we should probably start thinking about that. It's top of mind for me (laughs) at this point. But Mary is here today. She is practicing her breathing exercises. She is trying to put everything that she has learned in therapy into action. So she tells Janelle she's just here to hear her out. She's really trying not to pounce back at her with stuff because she's got stuff. She's bigger than that, though. And she feels that wall coming up. Filling a wall. Filling a wall right now. Maybe you should install a door in that wall, too, and that would make it easier for uh, communication to continue, just like it would be easier to uh, access Christine's side of the house. All right. I think that's the perfect place to take a quick break to hear from this episode's sponsor, and then we'll get this pony right back in the water. As a viewer of Sister Wives, you're no stranger to therapy. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist where you can connect in a safe and private online environment. From my experience, one of the biggest barriers to seeking help for my anxiety was a lack of convenience. Because Mary and Cody might be willing to drive three and a half hours to a couple session with Nancy, but trying to work around my busy schedule, traveling to appointments, and sitting in an uncomfortable waiting room actually gave me more anxiety and left me dreading my therapy sessions. But with BetterHelp, those worries are a thing of the past because you can meet with your therapist securely online from the comfort of your own home. BetterHelp isn't just a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Honestly, I wouldn't have made it through 2020 without it. I used it in a crisis situation, also known as COVID-19. We've all been there. We're still living through it. But the simplicity and convenience of being able to send your counselor a message at any time, as soon as the idea and the thought pops into your head, you get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions as well. I personally find that to be an amazing feature because one of the things that I have a hard time with is remembering all of the things that I wanted to address in my next appointment And then getting there and my mind goes blank because so much time has passed that I can't remember what it was I wanted to talk about. And for me, in general, talk therapy situations, it usually takes me a little bit longer to process what I'm feeling, what I need to say. So getting that message and being able to kind of construct my responses honestly gave me more benefit and I feel like I got more out of it in those sessions as well. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash SSW. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P 
com slash SSW. Check the episode show notes for the link. We are back and we are still at Coyote Pass. The walls are up. Mary's filling a wall. Janelle is attacking her, or at least Mary feels like Janelle's attacking her, about what she did wrong at the house in Lehigh and the concerns revolving around the pond. Mary knows she gets defensive, so she's trying her best to stop this natural innate thing from coming up, which she says most people, I I would think, would want to defend themselves in this situation, which is true. Okay, Mary. And Janelle acknowledges that her toxic trait is avoiding rocking the boat unless it's on the pond. The the boat is on the pond. Can the pond hold a boat? It's everybody's boat at that point, (laughs) based on the legal contracts that Janelle has written up. (laughs) Then Mary tells her that she has always struggled with the fact that Janelle has that type of personality because she just couldn't really get a read on where Janelle was at all of these years. So now we've gone from a conversation about the Lehigh house to digging even further into the past, the origin of Janelle joining the family. And Mary felt like she was offering friendship, but then it felt like there was rejection on that too. And Janelle felt the same way, but maybe trying to get married on Mary's birthday put a damper on the beginning of that sister-wife relationship between the two of them. Probably not great when your brother's ex-wife says she has a spiritual witness a testimony to join your family and then tries to commandeer your birthday as her wedding anniversary. Getting off on the wrong foot, (laughs) I think. Which, if you want to hear more about that, you can read all about it in Robin's New York Times number one bestseller, Becoming Sister Wives. They cover it ad nauseum there. Basically, they had some type of friendship prior to Janelle joining the family, and that quickly fell apart. They were doing all kinds of snarky things to each other. It's not really surprising that that Friendship eroded pretty quickly, and they haven't been able to get it back over all of these years. I think they call that irreconcilable differences. (laughs) They just never recovered. Janelle tells Mary she doesn't even remember those years anymore. (laughs) She blacked them out or something. Right. But then Mary takes this as another dig because Janelle's reasoning was that she was so overwhelmed with the kids. And this is another perceived slight on Mary because she wasn't blessed that way. Yeah, this is where they're really coming at each other. (laughs) It's starting to get real passive aggressive. Remember, I wasn't blessed with children in that way, but I was blessed with you and your children, and I helped out whenever I could with those kids. This is the point where Janelle says, look, we're 50 years old now, Mary. We have a lot more time here together, probably like 50 more years. I I don't know. I don't know about that. (laughs) It's 50? doesn't matter, though, because don't they have eternity together? In theory. (laughs) But, I mean, 50? That's a stretch, man. It's been a hard first 50. I don't think we're getting another one. Then I kind of feel like she almost slips here. I don't know how the relationships pan out. I don't know. Janelle's just visualizing all five of them together functioning as a team because it's it's easier to imagine it that way. But it's really just all about free access to the pond for everyone. That's all it comes down to. It's not a control thing for Mary. We just want access to the pond. Mary tries to defend herself again on the couch, saying this was never about control or about who could use the pond. And she kind of took the wrong thing away from the conversation because I felt like she took it as Janelle saying she was intentionally being controlling in the Lehigh house, which I don't think was what she meant. It just came off as controlling. Came off as controlling. And I worry that you'll do the same thing with the pond. Okay, so we so- need to have legal documents in place 
to keep you from restricting my access. All right, I retract my statement. <laughs> so, I mean, she picked up on pretty much what the, what the conversation was. <laughs> Somehow they both come away thinking this was a productive conversation. Well, this was good. This was a step up for us. And Mary, she is just happy that someone in this family is willing to work on their relationship with her. Work on the individual relationships to fix the whole. It was very convenient for Janelle to come here to meet with Mary today because she was coming anyway to meet with Cody. It's been two years since they bought the property and it's been slow going when it comes to building houses and setting infrastructure. But it's a big day today here. So Cody has shown up with Saul. They're going to meet up with Janelle. And instantly, as soon as Saul gets out of the truck, Janelle's like, why aren't you in school, child? I was not expecting you to be here today. thought I was having a liaison with Cody. A parlay. <laughs> Saul cannot be any less interested in being here. He is like a prince who's being forced to leave his castle so he could see the country that he is one day going to rule over. That's actually a really accurate description <laughs> of what was going on here. Yeah, because he's got some of those wimpy prince vibes. <laughs> They're out here today because they're having a 20,000-gallon cistern being delivered. And get used to hearing 20,000 gallons because we are going to talk about it quite a bit. It's being delivered today. But first, do you want to jump in this hole? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Uh, do you want to peel these logs with me? No. No, I don't. <laughs> Saul has no interest in any of this. But 20,000 gallons? It's such a big hole. This is a polygamy cistern. Is it, though? We're just going to conveniently drop this right onto Christine's property. Yeah, in case no one noticed that in the graphic, there it was, right on the edge of Christine's lot. Just plop it right down over there. I'm sure she won't mind. <laughs> Bother talking about that. We have two wives who have lots twice the size, but yet the cistern is going on Christine's property, which already has a bunch of rock on it, so she kind of doesn't have a great building situation. I don't know. Can you even build over this thing? These are great questions. Probably not, because you're going to have to refill it all the time. Because this is a 20,000 gallon for the cistern to feed each one of the houses that they'll eventually build, maybe at some point, probably in the future, give or take, depending on budgets. There's some debate now about how many houses they're going to be. Because Cody says they're going to be five houses. So Cody breaks down the math for us. 5,000 gallons for each home. Duh. All five <laughs> houses. Duh. <laughs> but that math doesn't check out. You would need 20. 5,000 gallons, dum-dum. <laughs> buy five, get five. Buy five. <laughs> With all that poop water, you're going to have to buy five, get five. <laughs> but five homes, this is news to Janelle, who I really wish would have corrected him on his math. In the moment right here, 5,000 gallons for five houses? How many gallons is the cistern, Cody? Let's talk through this a little bit more. She was too taken aback by the fact that Cody was serious about building his own house to keep up with the math situation. She's already counting those dollar signs. They don't have money to build four houses. Never mind another house. Yeah, let's build our own houses first before you go off in your dream world, slumlord, landlord <laughs> area where you're building rental properties over here too. And plus, how are you going to break up and build inheritance kid houses with a 20,000 gallon cistern? What is it, BYOC? Bring your own cistern <laughs> when you're going to come build? It must be. <laughs> For all these other houses that you're going to break off as the inheritance, the eternal kingdom here on Coyote Pass? Well, we're not even worried about those. Cody just needs a guest house for all these kids who are going to come visit. What, like who? Who's coming to visit? All the kids who weren't allowed to come visit this whole time? Or Robin's kids who are never going to leave the property? 
There's not enough water. So somebody's got to go. We don't need to bring more people here. Also, if this is going to be a rental, who is going to rent it? You are on TV. You're just going to rent out some house on your property where you all live with crazy people. Potentially crazy. I'm not calling you all crazy people. Yeah, do background <laughs> checks. Yeah. You That's don't know who's coming up in here. I'm assuming he's talking about like an Airbnb situation. So what? You've been on TV for 10 years and you're just going to have anyone come up in here and stay a night on your property? Who was renting in Janelle's garage chateau? (laughs) I don't know. know. Good question. Anyway, this is the point where Cody gets super manic and he thinks that it is a great idea to force Saul to jump into the hole that they have dug for the cistern. Look, kid, if you're not going to jump in, I'm going to throw you in. (laughs) So it's a giant hole and a little boy. This is a dream come true. Cody's been spending a lot of time at Robin's, so he knows all about the joys of big, dirty holes. (laughs) That was a low, (laughs) that was a low one, guys. (laughs) I barely got through it, too. Janelle is seeing this as something that Robin probably wouldn't approve of. So since she is here and Robin is not, she has to act on her behalf. The queen's hand, if you will. <laughs> so she's kind of trying to, but she's doing more of like a Willy Wonka thing. where She's just, no, stop, don't. I don't think it's a good idea, Cody. She's Robin like, wouldn't approve. All right, I tried my best. Okay, whatever. If you're going to get in the hole, you might want to crouch down, get low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, then she starts giving advice on how to, how to get into the hole better. And just in time, as soon as he gets down there, the truck delivering the cistern is here. Just in time to crush him. We're just going to roll that off and <laughs> plop it right on top of you. So Cody pulls him out of the hole so that he can physically force Saul to look at the truck. Yeah, he like claws the back of his head and directs his gaze at the big truck coming across the road there. He was looking a lot like the kind of guy that just pulls his dog on the leash. It's unfortunate. <laughs> But look, we can't build here until there's infrastructure. There's no sewer. There's no water. No power. And this is the beginning of the development of our property. Huzzah! No one knows how much 20,000 gallons of water is, so that's great. Yeah, because a quick Google search will tell you it's not enough fucking water for these people. (laughs) 20,000 gallons? The average family of four, according to Google, uses 12,000 gallons of water per month. 12,000 per month. So let's go with Robin's house has six people in it. She has five kids and Robin just for, I'm not including Cody in that equation yet. Or the nanny. Or the nanny. (laughs) It's easier to do the equation over here. So six people in Robin's house, give or take. Then you have Janelle and Savannah because her two older boys are going to move out on their own soon. Mary would be three and then Cody. So that lumps four. That gives us a four for another house. We're already up to 10. That's 10 people on the property. So that's at least 24000 plus a month. Oh, and we've left Christine out purposely. <laughs> In case that's anyone other, was wondering what right. was going on if, with that if math. people are still wondering here, we're working off a very interesting assumption. We have theories. Yes, we have devised a theory here. I believe that at this point in time, Cody knows that Christine is not going to be building on this property and that she is leaving the family. We'll even go so far as to stake our claim that it was the conversation that was recorded on last week's episode at Coyote Pass where Cody was trying to convince Christine about how great it was and Christine storms off in that conversation. We think it was that day 
Right. Or sometime between that conversation and where they're signing the paperwork at the car. The next day when she was going to be leaving for Isabel's surgery where they had all the parents over to talk about Isabel's surgery last week. All right. Because he's acting in that scene like he just despises her. He has so much resentment. He can't look her in the face. It didn't seem to match up with the experience that happened at Coyote Pass. It was too much anger, right? It seemed odd. Looking at the evidence further, Cody signed the deed to Christine's house over to her. So they had both been on the deed for the house. He signed it over to her for $10. Essentially, she bought it for $10 from him. And that happened on August 28th that that paperwork was signed. She just slipped it in with Isabel's surgery stuff. (laughs) I told you, she was slipping stuff in. But that's always been something that's been speculated over time since it happened. Was that related to some weird financial thing they do because, you know, they're always moving money around in very odd ways. Did it have to do with Isabel's surgery, financial aid, or whatever sort of arrangement that Christine needed to make for the surgery aspect things? But that actually didn't process and finish complete on that house title change until after the surgery took place. So it doesn't seem to be surgery driven. Right. Or the thing that everybody jumped to first, was it a signal that Christine was leaving the family? And moving to Utah. We're going to work off of the idea that it's the latter, which was actually the thing we were trying to avoid. But it feels like all signs are pointing towards that. So it seems like they talked about a split. Cody was very angry that day where he had to sign the paperwork for the surgery. That's the end of August. And then Christine goes and leaves for eight weeks. If you were going to leave your husband, wouldn't the best time to do it be before you're going to be gone for two months for an extended period of time. Got him used to it. <laughs> Ease back into it. Like you've already been gone for two months. And then while she's gone, they're putting the cistern on her property. So that's where it leads me to believe that decisions were being made the way that Janelle talked and almost slipped with some information in Mary's conversation as well about how she visualizes their relationships all together in the future She had to play that up because you can't reveal that Christine's not a part of the family anymore. She is still part of the family, but she's not going to be on the property with us in these ways. Regardless, the cistern is still too fucking small. (laughs) So even if you remove Christine and her three children, that family of four, you still have 10 people. That's 24,000 plus gallons a month. Right, we're confused. And you only did 20. So you're going to have to fill it up every three weeks? Who knows, right? Something tells me that they didn't do enough research on this and they're just throwing cisterns into holes. You would think that we wouldn't be interested in the inner workings of the cistern and the decisions and the research that was done behind the decisions, but we are. I would like to know how they arrived at that number. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway, so that's our working theory. Do we have anything to prove it? Absolutely not. No, it's all speculation, (laughs) but we're going to move forward as if it is fact. That is the storyline that we are writing on the podcast. (laughs) Since we did not get writing credit for this season (laughs) from the production team, I'm still looking for our name in the credits. No special thanks. Oh, well. Buckle up because we're time traveling now. We are skipping the first two weeks in New Jersey. Holy cow. It was just a lot of Bon Jovi on the radio. A lot of fist pumps. (laughs) Yeah, they were there right for the end of summer. Oh, boy. So we are here with Isabel and Christine to meet up with her doctor. They're excited. They're nervous. They're looking at x-rays. These are the blueprints for surgery tomorrow. We're getting excited. We're still a little nervous, but we can get excited, too. 
Christine explains how this surgery is different from the traditional surgery for scoliosis. Essentially, for those of you who do not like the nitty gritty details, it's it's less invasive. Incredibly less invasive. And by a long shot then, less risky in terms of other complications that could arise from having so much exposure of a large invasive surgery. The doctor tells them that by the time they're done, her curve should end up being only around 10 degrees. Which would be amazing. That's the goal. And they should be set up for that or at least something similar there. So Christine's really excited to see those x-rays. Right. She's super excited. She's obviously concerned as a mother whose daughter is going into surgery, but they're trying to be positive. They both really like the doctor. Isabel seemed a lot less nervous after the meeting. She felt like he explained all of the things that she wasn't so sure about. She was a little confused about how it was going to work before. And now she's just ready to go. He gave her some great advice. Just get a good night's sleep tonight. Don't eat too much. Keep it light. You know, dial back on those boardwalk fries. Take (laughs) it easy on the the pizza that takes up two paper plates in size. (laughs) Maybe skip the calzone, bypass the cheesesteak. Just take it easy, okay? (laughs) On the couch, Isabel says, Cody's always talking about how family is first, but she needs him here and he's not here because he's putting the pandemic before her. She's hurt that Cody isn't coming. We're getting a lot of mixed messages here, aren't we? Which I guess is fair. She's a teenage girl. But like one minute she's upset. Then the next minute they say she's fine with it. She is hurt. Well, no, because anytime they say she's fine, she's okay with it. She's not okay with it. She's not okay with it. Wait, but I don't understand why they keep telling Cody that she's okay with it. They have For to. whose benefit? For Cody's? For Cody's benefit. They have to. Who cares? They have to coddle him because he's so delicate and fragile right now. Because the only thing that he does is get mad when he realizes that he can't go. And then he takes it out on everybody and he still lashes out because that's the only way that he can deal with sadness as an emotion. Wow, that was that's quite an analysis of Cody Brown. That's what I was figuring was <laughs> happening in the driveway because then that's what he kept talking about how sad he was. But it wasn't sadness that we were seeing in the driveway when he was signing the papers and telling Christine to step back. No, that was anger. It was anger. But if you frame it in our storyline that they just got divorced, he just got served the day before. <laughs> that's why he was angry. Christine is really looking forward to giving Isabel this surgery tomorrow, and she's going to feel like a really good mom after. It's taken so long to get her the help that she needs, and it's finally going to give Isabel the surgery that she needs and the life that she deserves relatively pain-free. Next episode, Christine and Cody's daughter Isabel has surgery in New Jersey to correct her scoliosis. The recovery is far more intense than anyone expected, And Cody's absence upsets Christine. All the more reason to stay gone. (laughs) She already gone. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week.